Moultrie, Ray City. I mean, we've been all over the place. And you say, we? Who's we? Well, Dale and Tilly Sumner. Dale's going to come up and share a little testimony with you. We've been sharing with churches all over our area about the exciting opportunity to have Kevin leaving with us next Saturday here in Tifton, Georgia. And Dale's going to share a testimony about what he thinks God's going to do in that, that opportunity. Thank you, John. I am uh, excited, and, and I want to encourage you to go and sign up for the marriage conference that's coming up this Saturday. I told John I wanted to create a little bit of excitement. We only have 2,500 seats, so you better go ahead and get signed up or you might lose your place. But uh, with that, um, uh, I want to ask you, um, what better a person than a cancer survivor to tell you how to cope with your disease? What better person than a heart patient to tell you how to cope with your heart-related problems? So what better a person than one who has survived a marriage crisis and to encourage you to tweak your marriage and encourage you to go to things like this? Uh, so today, I stand here as a survivor of a marriage crisis, my affair, <clears throat> to encourage you to take advantage of every tool, every conference, every book, everything you can to guard your marriage. I especially encourage you to attend the Kevin Lehman Turn Up the Heat Marriage Conference that will be held this Saturday at the Conference Center. This is probably the best, most well-known speaker that you'll have a chance to hear live in your hometown. And I encourage you to take advantage of it. The tickets are only $50 a couple. It includes lunch and it includes uh, daycare for First Baptist members. So I encourage you to do that. To tell you a little bit about Dr. Lehman, he is 66 years old. He is a father of five children, with the last one being an accident. So he knows a little bit about everything. He has written books on parenting, marriage, and even um, blended families. So I encourage you to do this. Um, uh, he uh, has written over 38 books on this subject. He will entertain you, he is funny, and he will keep you on the edge of your seat with tools that will guard your marriage and make you have the best marriage you can have. Thank you. That's awesome. Y'all stand back up. We're going to keep praising, man. What an awesome testimony Dale has. I mean, talking about sharing. I mean, this song says, I'm going to worship you with all my heart, all my praise. So I just want y'all to sing. Never mind. We're going to go back to you worthy of my praise. Yeah. 
I'm so reminded every day that uh, you bore the cross for me. You died for me. You took a beating beyond recognition or crucified, hung on a cross. You never uttered a word. You never complained. And you said, Mike, that's for you. And I just praise you for it, God, with all my heart. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is He. Sing a new song to Him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Breath and living water, sun. 
joy a distant dream Won't you call my trembling hands Let me feel those flowing streams Well, right here, right now You are with me as I pray As I search my heart to find the words You already know what I'll say Well, right here, right now In the silence of That's a great song, Mark. That should be on the radio. Yeah. All right. Happy Valentine's Day. See, you, you've taken your wives out for Valentine's, haven't you? Here you are at church. I'm glad you're here. And I want to talk about love today because it is Valentine's. And uh, taking a little bit different tact on, of course, the love verse is John 3:16. Last week we talked about perishing. Today I want to talk about loving. And uh, the sermon is entitled, Love in Four Directions. You could say love in 4D if you want to. And I'm indebted to Bill Hull at seminary who first showed me how to combine Ephesians 3.18 with John 3.16. I'm going to read Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 19 first, and then we'll read John 3.16. But the beauty of this passage is how the two complete one another. Paul is writing to the Christians in Ephesus, chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You see, Paul is, is giving this prayer for us that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. We're going to be looking in more detail, verses 18 and 19. Verse 19 says, To know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 18, you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height 
and the depth. Those are the four directions right there. Breadth, length, height, depth. How will this verse be flushed out? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. Say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The breadth, the length, the depth, the height. For God so loved the world. Let's pray. Father, as we gather here on this Valentine's Day, naturally our minds and hearts turn to love. And we are here to acknowledge that all true love comes from you. That the love the world knows is so different from that which you offer. So we want to know the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of your love for us that we might know the surpassing knowledge of your love and be filled with all the fullness of your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it was Paul's prayer for the Christians in Ephesus that they learn about God's love for them in four directions. That you may know with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Apparently, Paul knows about God's love in ways that that are difficult for us to comprehend. And Paul is saying that once you begin to get your mind around how much God loves you, you cannot even begin to comprehend it. It's more than our feeble little minds can understand, can fathom. The breadth, the length, the height, the depth that God's love has for you. I want to take you back a moment to to those days when you were falling in love, perhaps with your spouse. I remember when Susan and I were falling in love at seminary. We could stay up till 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning talking on the telephone and then be up at 8 a.m. the next morning for classes full of energy and ready to go. Do you remember those days? It's been a long time ago. And then we would, you know, in order to assure each other of our love, we would say, how much do you love me? This much? No. This much? No. This much? You know, as far as the east is from the west, that's how, and even then some, that's how much I love you. There's no time or distance or, or space that you can encapsulate how much you love each other. And that begins to tap into what kind of love God has For you and me, it only begins to scratch the surface. The kind of love you had when you were falling in love just begins to compare to the kind of love that God has for us. And when you begin to fathom that love, when it begins to sink in, Paul says there are going to be two fringe benefits. To know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God in verse 19. Well, how do you know something that's unknowable? How do you know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge? How do you know something that you can't miss beyond knowing? Well, it's only by a divine revelation. As you begin to understand how much God loves you, then you begin to understand that love that cannot be understood any other way. It surpasses all knowledge. 
And the second fringe benefit, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And I was, I was interested in this. It doesn't say that you may be filled with God, which is what I would expect. It says that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. The Greek word fullness there is pleroma. And it means there's a little outline in your worship bulletin, by the way, with some fill-ins. Pleroma doesn't just mean full. It means full and overflowing. It means superabundant. It means... Um, it means perfection. Uh, this is the same word that's used in Galatians where it says Christ came in the fullness of time, in the pleroma of time. You remember that we talked about at Christmas? This fullness means it was per he will perfect you. He doesn't just fill you up, but he fills in all the little holes, all the little voids in your life <clears throat> and, and, and fill, fills you up in such a way that you overflow. That's the play Roma, that you may know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge and that you may be filled with the fullness of God. You know, we try to fill our, our lives with other things, but they aren't really full until they're full of the fullness of God. When God's fullness fills us, then we are filled. And then Paul, he says he wants us to know what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of God's love. The breadth, the length, the height, the depth of his love. And it's like, <clears throat> it's kind of like Paul is giving us a blueprint, a schematic outline of God's love for us. He wants you to know how broad it is, how long it is, how deep it is, how high it is. But where do we go to fill in those gaps? Where do we go to understand those four directions of God's love? We'll go to the love verse, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that's what I want to look at in the next few minutes. As John 3, 16 tells us what the breadth and the length and the depth and the height of what God's love is for us. The first thing, how broad is God's love, that you might know with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth. How broad is God's love? John 3.16 tells us, for God so loved the world. How broad is that? For God so loved the world. There are no limits to God's love. As far as the east is from the west, the, the north from the south, God's love, there is no place you can go that's outside the boundary of God's love. You know, I'm gonna, here's a line of God's love, I'm going to step over. No, there is no line where God's love stops and that you can escape. Psalm 139 verse 7 says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend in heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in Sheol, thou art there. If I take the wings of morning... Wherever I go, God's love is there. God's presence is there. How broad is God's love? For God so loved the world. The world. Do you really believe that he loves everybody as much as he loves us? You know, somebody says, what happens if we discover aliens in, far, in outer space somewhere? Guess what? God loves them too. <laughs> There's no boundary that says God only loves people on earth. What, what, if, what if we discover some race over in, in uh, 
Southeast Asia that no one has ever explored before. Guess what? God loves them too. There are no boundaries to God's love. God loves the entire world. I remember that when Shauna Whittle came back from Myanmar. It used to be called Burma. She was a missionary there, a journeyman, and now she's in Thailand. But she said, you know what, Brother Wayne, when I looked at those Burmese people and I realized, you know, their race, their culture, their society is so different from ours, but God loves them too. It changed me and it touched me. And she felt a tug on her life that evolved into becoming a career missionary to Southeast Asia. God loves the Burmese people as much as he loves us. He loves the Thai people. He loves the people in South America. He loves the people in in Siberia. Go from one corner of the earth to the other. How broad is God's love? For God so loved the world. My arms can't take it in. As far as the east is from the west, and then some. As far as the north is from the south, and then some. That's how, how broad God's love is for us. Okay, that's the breadth of God's love. Well then, what's the length of his love? How long is it? For God so loved the world that he gave, what? His only begotten son. Does that tell you the length of God's love for you? The lengths that God would go to in order to prove his love for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You want to know what lengths God would go to to show you his love? He, he would give his only begotten son. What possessions do you have that are more dear to you than your children? God held nothing back. And if he's willing to give his only son to show you how much he loves you, then there's nothing that that he won't do for you. There's no love that he won't show you. There's no links to which he will not go to prove his love for you. He will go to all lengths. That's how long God's love is for you. That's the length of his love, a willingness to give his only begotten son to die for your sins. How broad is his love? For God so loved the world. How long is God's love? What length is it that he gave his only begotten son? Well, how deep is God's love? That whosoever believeth in him should not, what? Perish. That's the depth of God's love for you. That he was willing to come all the way from heaven's throne room to the squalor of the midst of our sin and die on the cross to save us. John 1.14 says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's the depth of God's love for you. Willingness to leave perfection in heaven and come and dwell in the midst of sinners like you and me. The word dwell there means to pitch a tent. And and sometimes, you know, I think of Jesus coming and and camping among us. (laughs) You know, pitching a tent. But it's more than that. He's not just hanging out at a campground, living among us for a few years to show us how much God loves us. First of all, realize what he's leaving. He's leaving the perfection of heaven and coming to live on earth for 33 years 
You know, that's like an American soldier who leaves the, the warmth and the security and the bed and the roof of America to, to go to Afghanistan to sleep in a, in a pothole, some, a foxhole somewhere. But it's more than that. Because Jesus didn't just leave the comfort and security of heaven to come and, and dwell on earth. But he left the sinlessness of heaven to come and dwell in the midst of sinners such as we. It's not just a king coming to dwell in the slums. It's a sinless one coming to live among sinners. And, and can you imagine, you know, the Bible says that God can't even look at our sin. Our sin has made us a separation between us. God can't even, he can't countenance. He can't, he can't even be in the company of sin. It, he's so holy and righteous and sin is so abhorrent to him. But Jesus came and lived in the middle of it, in the very middle of it. He must have been nauseated every morning when he woke up to be a perfect sinless one dwelling in the midst of sinners. And yet that's how much God loved us. That's the depth of his love, that he would send his only begotten son to live among those of us who are perishing. That's how deep his love is. Well, what's the height then? The breadth is the world. The length is his only begotten son. The depth is to come among those of us who are perishing. What's the height? Should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's, that's the distance we go from how low down we are to how high up God's going to take us. Now, you can't go from any lower to any higher. <laughs> you can't go from any lower than sin to any higher than everlasting life. That's what God offers us. It's, it's like stepping onto a space shuttle and blasting off, but instead of lasting a few days, this is going to last for eternity. He's going to take us to be with Him in heaven, and, and that's the height of His love for us, to lift us up from the squalor of sin. And cleanse us and forgive us and give us everlasting life. That's the height of his love for you. What's the breadth? For God so loved the world, the length that he gave his only begotten son, the depth that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, the height but have everlasting life. Next time you read... The, you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of God's love for you. I want you to think about John three sixteen. The breadth, for God so loved the world, length that he gave his only begotten son, the depth, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, the height, but have everlasting life. John three sixteen kind of fills in the blueprint of Ephesians 3.18, doesn't it? You want to know how much God loves you in four dimensions, in four directions. Breadth, length, depth, height. Think about John 3.16. A wealthy man lost his wife 
when his only son was still young. So he hired a housekeeper to help him care for the boy. A few years later, through illness, the the young boy died in his teens. And then a few years later, the wealthy man died of a broken heart. No will could be found, no relatives, and so it looked like everything was going to go to the state. And they held an auction with the proceeds, I guess eventually going to the state. But there there was only one thing. The housekeeper came to the auction. There was only one thing she wanted among all the possessions of this wealthy man. There was a photograph of the boy that she had loved and nurtured. When the auction came to a close... Nobody wanted the photograph, uh, so she got it for just a few pennies. When she took it home, she was cleaning it, and the will fell out of the back of the photograph. And it said in the will that the man's fortune should go to the person who loved the son enough to buy that picture. And that's the way it is with God. All his riches and glory are for those who know how much the Son loves them. If you have the Son, you have it all. If you don't have the Son, you have nothing. For God so loved the world, the breadth, that he gave his only begotten Son, that's the length, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish the depth, but have everlasting life, the height. And knowing those things, then you will know the surpassing knowledge, the knowledge, the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, and you can be filled with the fullness of God. Wouldn't it be great to know something that's unknowable? That's how much the love of God has for you. This Valentine's Day, friends, that's what love really is. Let's pray. Father, we love so imperfectly. We love so with such shallowness. Because a lot of our love is conditional upon people doing things for us and and behaving in ways we expect them to. And just all the conditions that we set on love. But you, you loved us while we were yet sinners. You loved us so much that you sent Jesus to die on the cross. And then waited patiently for us to respond to that love. Sometimes we do better than others. But this Valentine's Day, when the world is trying to teach an imperfect kind of love, remind us of your love and the breadth and the length and the depth and the height that you went to to prove it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love to be loved.
requires a response. Sometimes when, when someone says they love you, what do they want to hear? I love you too. God has already told you He loves you. What's your response going to be to Him? Maybe you need to profess your faith publicly. Maybe you need to join our church. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. Maybe you need to come forward and pray. This is a, a day where we remember what God's love did for us. He loved the, the world so much that He sent His Son to die so that we might have eternal life. You need to respond to that love. You come. I'll be at the front to receive you. Let's stand together and sing. Please come.